Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded, a podcast where we bond over the drama and trauma in the Bachelor multiverse and throughout Western pop culture. Hey. Hi, a friend. How's things? Things are fine. Um, I feel like we've transitioned back to winter a little bit, which is, you know, always a little bit emotionally off-putting. Yeah. Wrong direction, Utah. Uh, I also had to take my cat to the vet yesterday during the hailstorm, which I don't know if you know anything about transporting cats, but one, most of them don't like being transported. And two, they really don't like being transported when you're driving on the freeway and massive hail is pounding your car. Yeah, that hail was like marble sized at some point. That was pretty wild. I don't think I've ever seen hail that big. So luckily we survived. Good. I'm glad you made it. My cat was not happy. Oh. But yeah, how are you? I'm good. I am I was thinking after watching these three episodes of Love is Blind and kind of being wishy-washy last week about what a potential deal breaker is for me. And I now have a deal breaker. Okay. If you sing to me <laughs> or try to play an instrument at me and get me to participate, I'm done. I'm out. I'm just Hard no from me, dog. Yeah, that was really uncomfortable, wasn't it? So uncomfortable. I wanted out of my skin. I did not wish to be watching that happening. And it happened twice. Yeah, and both times were very awkward. Yeah. I don't know. I guess on the one hand, props for having the courage to do it. Right. On the other hand... Why do you have the courage to do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I it's like, I, yeah, mm, red flag for me. <laughs> Deal breaker. That's, a, that's fair. Yeah. But anyway, if you didn't know, we're going to talk about Love is Blind. Uh, we're, gonna, we're not going to recap, but we're going to talk about the first three episodes. Yeah, Jess and I were brainstorming how we're going to cover this. Um, Because I didn't even really know how to take notes, to be honest. You know, The Bachelor is so formulaic. And I I know to an extent so is Love is Blind, but I've never made it through an entire season. And so at first I was taking pretty detailed notes. And then I just was like, Jess, how are we doing this? How are we talking about these people? Because there's so much content, right? And we're going to try to do this three episodes at a time or three-ish. And... So we kind of just landed on discussing the couples who end up together and kind of talking through if they make sense as a couple and if we see them making it long term. Yeah. And I think we wanted to start out too, just like a little bit breaking down like what we like or dislike about the show compared to The Bachelor. Yeah. And I will say for me, What's so fascinating is I do really like the first part of the show. With the exception of season three, I have watched the first like eight episodes of every season and I'm into it and then suddenly I'm not. Same. And I'm not exactly sure where I fall off or why. I'll pay a lot more attention and now I'm sort of committed to having to finish it. So maybe that'll help me sort through my thoughts. But in so many ways, I, I love the idea of the pods. I like the conversations we get to hear. I think the cast is so much more relatable. There's just a lot of good things about it, actually. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure I can quite put my finger on why I haven't been as into it as maybe I should be because I feel like I'm into it right now. You know, I think for me, there's something viscerally uncomfortable about people making such an intimate emotional connection. And then once they meet each other, kind of hiccuping in growing closer together. Yeah. And I think there's something that's just really cringy about that to me. And I'm not judging the people who are hiccuping. I just want to say, like, I totally understand that physical attraction is a part of, you know, is a big part of why we are dating who you're dating or marrying who you're marrying. So I'm not above the physical attraction. But I'm just saying watching this on TV, it is really cringy to watch someone make such an intimate, close connection and then go spend a week in Mexico 
and have to see the person that they turned away and maybe they're more attracted to that person and now they're second guessing everything and that's just that's hard for me actually yeah i think that might have a big part of it to do with it because there was a point i think in episode three where i am just like what the fuck is actually happening like these people are doing this and like yeah no judgment but it also does seem like a really I hesitate to say bad, but it does seem like a bad choice. Like, this is not a good way to find a partner. And I'm just, and I mean, I'm not saying that The Bachelor is either. However, this seems like that's a low bar. It's so high stakes. Yeah, it is very high stakes. And, and mm, yeah, I think I'm with you. There is a part of it where it does get really uncomfortable, especially when you start to see the way everybody interacts when they, when they, when they meet and then spend time together and are able to review their decisions. Okay, so some things that I have liked more about Love is Blind than The Bachelor is the quality of conversations. You know, that that one-on-one time isn't just about trauma dumping. There is some trauma dumping, but that's a part of, you know, spending a bunch of time one-on-one with each other, being limited to these pods. You know, of course, some of those deeper parts of you are going to come out. But they also talk about regular everyday shit and what would their lives be like together and what is like a normal Sunday look like for them and, you know, what are the things that they have learned in past relationships? I don't know. I think getting to know that about these people in the pods is so much more than we get to know about people from The Bachelor. Yeah, there's a much higher level of investment there in that like... You also get to know the main players a lot better, too, than you do on The Bachelor. Like, you don't really start to get to know everybody until, you know, episode six, seven, eight, where things are really winding down a lot more. And in this, I feel like the first three episodes, we really did get a pretty good sense of who these people are. Yeah, and something this stood out to me. When Zach was breaking down how he was in love with two women and what he loved about each of them. Mm -hmm. It was so refreshing for his answers to actually have substance. And the way he described the women was such an accurate depiction of at least our experience with the women too, right? Yeah. And Zach actually did a really good job. And, you know, I think when he first started opening up to Irina too, recognizing that the day before all he had been doing is like joking and, you know, goofing around and then realizing that in order for this to happen, and for it to work, he really did have to open up and be vulnerable. And it was cool to see him have those. I think Zach was really aware kind of of his situation the whole time in a way yeah. that like we don't get to see in The Bachelor. Yeah. And I at least I know we just watched Zach's season, but, you know, Zach breaking down what he liked about Gabby and what he liked about. Oops. Katie. Katie. It's well. OK. <laughs> what he liked about Katie it was, you know, she's beautiful and intelligent and funny. And but when Zach talked about the women that he was in love with, like he could actually describe them as individuals. And I was like, that we don't get that on The Bachelor a lot. No, we don't. And yeah, that was really I, I appreciated that evaluation. And yeah, we do just get to see we got to see a lot of Marshall and his thought process on things, which I thought was really cool. There was just Chelsea is another example of like somebody I think we get to know a lot better and you're more you like them more and it's not because they're trauma sharing it's just because like it does feel like they've got the space to be more authentically themselves and time to to share that with everybody including the audience yeah and some of these people are in their 20s but there also are some in their 30s that have been married a couple times and I I do think that age and maturity has a big thing to do with it oh absolutely um which I guess to get to our first order of business, speaking of age, and I think these two might have been the youngest people on there. I did not enjoy Micah and Irina. And I initially thought Irina was so great. She came on there with confidence, her smile. I was rooting for her. Yeah. I thought that was really like, you go girl. And then very quickly was just like, this is mean girl behavior. This is no- none of this is working for me. Yeah, for someone who has such deep insecurities, um, you know, she shared about her acne and how that's inhibited her from feeling comfortable in relationships in the past. For someone who kind of carries that around with them, man, she was 
kind of a bully. Yeah. Micah too. And just they they were not good together because Irina could be nice for a second. And then the second that she got with Micah, it was just. Yeah, they were definitely feeding off of each other. Ugh, I did not enjoy that. And that's something I don't enjoy in any reality TV is when you see people being unnecessarily mean and snarky. This kind of went beyond snarky. This was. Well, they were blatantly making fun of people for having emotional responses. Yeah, laughing at Amber for being sad. But I mean, there were so many moments where I was just like, no, this isn't it. So that that aspect of that I did not enjoy. Yes. And it's shocking to me that those are the two that got, I would say, I mean, I don't know. I guess at this point I'm kind of questioning, but they got like decent guys. They had attention. And I feel like sometimes that's that whole not like other girls attitude that men sometimes fall for without realizing like, you know, you do want women who are like other women. You do want women who support each other and aren't mean and backstabbing and don't try to play themselves off as though they're better than everybody else. Well, neither of them were giving the men that they were uh, connecting with validation. Uh, You know, Kwame kind of called that out. Um, Well, actually, I think Micah guessed it, but she said, is she validating you more than I am? And Kwame sat with that and was like, yeah, she is. And like Micah was not flattering. She definitely wasn't building up the guy. She definitely wasn't playing easy to get. She was definitely more... um, Antagonizing? I guess she was playing a little bit more hard to get. She was not offering up her heart like some of these other women were. And I do think that there's something, and I think Irina was kind of doing a similar thing. And I think that there is something about that type of woman in communication style where the men have to work harder for it and appreciate it more in a weird way. Even though you shouldn't. Like, no, that's of not course. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but the like, same thing about women going after bad, bad boys. For sure. Yeah, it's the exact... Yeah, the equal but opposite version of that. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. So that was just kind of shocking. And also, but like, interesting to watch it play out. Oh, It was really just like, oh, okay, this makes actually a lot of sense in terms of dating and why some of these women in the past that I've had like run-ins with, it's like, oh, yeah, but I guess guys like that. (laughs) Like On the one hand, the Micah thing totally didn't make sense to me. But on the other hand, it made complete sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I've seen this happen so many times in middle school and high school and college where girls like Micah get all the guys. Right. And you're like, I don't get that. And it's not just because she's a hot blonde. It's also just because of her personality in this pod. Yeah. And obviously like she's got, she's got some magnetism there that, that works. And she knows it. She does know. She she knows how to angle that. Because she knew exactly, she wasn't exactly nice to Paul or Kwame either in a lot of her interactions. And so... Dude, I feel like she was gaming it the whole time. I, yeah, I felt like that too. I really, really did not like her. And I did not appreciate the way like everything panned out. She was also communicating in a way that she was always baiting the men. Yes, it was, it was very antagonistic. Like she was really always kind of like setting them up to yes. not be in a good spot. Interesting. I agree. Um, but I guess one of the couples that I did really enjoy was Brett and Tiffany. Oh man, so perfect for each other. Yeah, I don't actually have like a ton to say, but I am just really happy to see black love and black joy being represented on a show with no trauma, no, no, no weird angles, just getting to see people be really into each other. Although her falling asleep, which may or may not have been from drinking a little bit much and staying up, I guess they can just date 24 hours a day. I don't know how the scheduling of the pod works. If you listen to some of the dialogue, it sounds like you literally have 24 hours to schedule your dates. And because Irina was mad at some point that- They spent like 10 hours hours. Yeah, and so I get- like initially when Tiffany fell asleep, I'm like, what is happening? But then as that information sort of pieced together, I, I'm imagining these people aren't getting a lot of sleep. And But I was still panicked because I was like, he was mad. Yeah. <laughs> really bad timing to fall asleep because it was right when he was trying to tell her how much he loved her. I know. And he's like, this is really hard for me. Yeah. So 
Pivotal point. Don't fall asleep. No. And then, I mean, to her credit, she got into that amazing pink dress. She looked amazing. She knew she needed to apologize. Yeah. She walked in there and she was really apologetic. And I'm so glad that he was not the kind of person who was like going to hold that over I know, her at head. At first, I was, I was like, oh my God, is he really going to end it over this? I That's know. so extreme. I do understand being embarrassed. And you know, if you will like hit a man's ego, especially when he's being vulnerable. When that's not something that he's primed to do. Yeah, like that's a lot. And so I wasn't really yeah. surprised that he was upset as he was, but I'm just glad it all ended up okay. They, they figured out the sleep thing. They got engaged. I know. They seem like they're going to be really happy together. I'm, I'm really pulling for them. Yes. Team Brett and Tiffany. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the Micah and Paul and Kwame and Amber of it all. Whoa is all I have to say. Like, I know we just talked mad shit on Micah and you know what? It's not going to stop anytime soon because I feel like this just doesn't get any better for her. So Kwame, first of all, Kwame tries to tries to propose to Micah earlier on. Yeah, he's like, let's get out of here. Let's yeah, like, just do it. I'll just do it right now. And you know what's funny is I feel like she wanted to hear him say that. Again, she, would, she said something to bait him, to get him to, to admit that he wanted her yeah, over Chelsea. I felt like that too. And it felt very much like she's not actually going to say yes she just wants the validation that she's the top pick and that she feels good about that so exactly. yeah that was very clear so she gets Kwame to admit that he definitely prefers her over Chelsea and then she does the whole thing of like oh you know don't leave any stone uncovered like I really need this time to sit with my options and tra la la and I my mean, eyeballs almost fell out the back of my head when she said that. And I was just like, yeah, mm -hmm. like if I was Kwame, I'd feel like a fucking idiot. Um, so then she goes on to talk to Paul and feel out if Paul is feeling Amber or her more. Yeah. And she's playing the game. Oh, she's and she knows how to do she. This is not her first rodeo. Yeah, she's she knows what she's doing. And she gets the answer that she wants from Paul. Yeah. So she's Queen B at this point. Yeah, she knows that she's got her, she gets to choose who she wants. To be honest, I, it took me a minute to figure out who she was actually going to kind of end up with. Like, I know when she turned Kwame down, but she also, in my mind, she was not that great to Paul either. Like, I just never picked up on anything where I was like, really convinced that she liked either of them. I feel the same way. She doesn't really show a lot of emotion uh, or vulnerability or... Um, she also, though, was never really in a moment where she wasn't Queen Bee. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's always kind of on top the whole time. I was going to say, I, at some point, just acknowledged that, like, Micah is really popular. I think there were multiple guys, like, beyond Kwame and Paul who were into her. Yeah. So, yeah. So Paul and Micah decide to end up together, and she says, "Okay, well, I guess I'm, in, you know, I'm going to break things off with Kwame." So our conversation with Kwame was what it was like thirty seconds of, I think that we need to further connections with other people or something like that. That made me so mad because, like, girl, no, you need to straight up tell him that you are choosing Paul that you are going to get engaged, that you're not exploring other connections. You're straight up not choosing Kwame. Yeah, like, weak-ass breakup. Yeah, the whole trying to like not accept that you are the villain in the moment. Yeah. Versus Paul, who like, one, Amber was a delight. Yeah, I, I like Amber a lot. She was funny. It is a little bit of a red flag that she was married twice before. Just like, what's happening here? Yeah, like, how do you keep... How do you keep doing this? Like, I've been divorced. And so, I mean, I get it. Like, one time you make a mistake, uh, sure. But you kind of got to learn from that. Also, her infidelity comment when he asked if she had ever cheated on anyone. She said, no, but I can see how you would get to that point in a relationship. Yeah. It's like, whoa. <laughs> like, that's, and I, Paul didn't know what to do with that like, when she said it. He's like, that's, that's a little bit of a red flag <laughs> to me. 
And yeah, she backpedaled. But overall, like I still. Yeah, I like Amber. She she had really good energy. She seemed really genuine. Like you're getting honest answers out of her. She's giving you hot takes. Like she's clearly trusting you here. Yeah. And, you know, Paul did seem to really struggle to break up with her. And I was very emotional. And you should be. And isn't he the one that said it's not that it's. It's not because he isn't excited to be with Micah. It's because he knows the hurt that he's causing Amber. Yes. And I loved that because that is so true. Like, he took two things can exist. for that. Yeah. Little a bit of a bad move to, like, go wind a Kwame about it. Yeah, that was weird. That was really uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of uncomfortable moments, that there were a few of them, and that was, that was a big one, too, where I was just like, what are you doing? But I appreciate that Paul recognizes, like, you are the villain and you have to just accept that and, you know, roll with it. Well, Micah broke up with Kwame and was like, she didn't bat an eye. She looked like she hadn't been emotionally impacted by that conversation at all. all. And then she's like looking at her wristwatch. What the fuck is Paul doing? It's been 30 minutes. Why is this taking so long? Like, girl, have you never had a breakup go long? I have. Like, breakups take a minute. Yeah, sometimes they can take hours. Days, you know, like you just keep coming back to it until everybody's like more or less settled on things. It's rough. And for her to just be mad that it's taking that time, ew. That makes me wonder what her relationship history is. Yeah. Well, she's so young. I think she's like 25 to 26. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's not that young. I was married at 25, but like. Maybe she just ghosts people when she breaks up with them. I could see that. Yeah, she just seemed, and then she seemed genuinely shocked that Amber was sad. Oh, that was such an ugly moment. That was. She's like, oh, she seems like maybe she's experiencing emotions. Like, yeah. I can't believe she's crying. You dumb asshole. Like, of course she is. She's sad. That's the point of the show is to get to know people, build a connection. And she really thought that, like, Paul was her person. Which makes me wonder if anyone broke up with Micah, if she would have even shown emotion. Would have been like, whatever, you're lost. Yeah. Well, we didn't see it, but Ugh. I just, yeah. She seems a little robotic in the way she's connecting with people. Yeah, and you know, the weird thing is, is like, what what do we know about Micah, actually? I can't think of very much. In all of those conversations, it really just seemed like she was sort of stringing the guys along and drawing stuff out of them. That, like, giving them space to project onto her. Yeah. Because, like, Paul talking about at one point, he's he's very horny, which, I mean, fair. I probably would be, too, if I were in these situations. But, you know, he made some some comment about just, like, wanting to pick her up and, like, kiss her or whatever it was. And she was just like, hmm, okay. I'm like, yeah, Paul, she's not going to let you do that. <laughs> Read the room. She's not into this. But she's allowing men to play into the idea of what she could be. Yeah. That is a really weird, like, let's talk about that. That's a bizarre place to be, like, does she get the benefit then of knowing that she's capable of getting men and that's really all she wants is the satisfaction of that? That like she it's can. Definitely an ego thing. An ego thing. So. Because it just feels like you don't have a genuine connection. Does she not want that connection? Does she not even know what a real connection is? Does she Is she even aware that she's doing this? Is this conscious, subconscious? Or maybe something in her life has caused her to put up walls when people do try to connect to her. Yeah. Not justifying her actions, but I mean, there has to be a reason why she's so guarded. Um, I also would like to riff off of that idea and talk about the importance of validation in a relationship. Yeah. Because it seems like on The Bachelor, the lead is always like validating the contestants all the time, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. um, And they obviously get validation just playing the role of being wanted by 30 people. But in these instances and watching these couples kind of navigate, oh, like this person, like Bliss with Zach, like, you know, Bliss was definitely validating Zach and kind of saying all of the right things and doing all the right things. Or Jacqueline with Marshall. Yeah, or Jacqueline with Marshall. And but in the end, you know, Zach's still going and picking Irina. And so that it's also kind of 
I, I think it also impacts men and women differently. Like, or maybe it's just the individual. But I was just thinking about this in the way that like, I've been with with guys who are more validating and less validating. And I've been thinking about how like the role of validation in my own relationship. And so it's just interesting watching people choose a person in this instance. And some of them are so much less validating than others. And what that says about the person and what they're getting out of that relationship. Yeah, it's true. And I think the older I've got and, you know, the more therapy I've been through, I recognize that like I deserve validation. I deserve to feel these things and I shouldn't have to chase it. I shouldn't have to like wonder about it. And I guess they're like, it's, I think it's less like the thrill of the chase and you're kind of right. It's like love has been modeled for these people in some of the wrong ways for them to be pursuing the types of people who withhold that validation and make you feel like you have to earn it. Yes. And it's like, no, you don't have to earn it. You shouldn't have to. But yet there's still that chasing of it. Like you should get validation for who you are as is. You shouldn't have to earn it. Yeah. Don't count on your partner changing. Love them and validate them for who they are in those moments and be a space where they can grow and change rather than, you know, thinking and that some, they can be different sometime down the line. Some people are just less validating and that's something you can ask your partner to do. Saul's had to do that for me. It's really important for him to hear and for, for me to verbally acknowledge that he's done things. And initially I was just like, what? Okay, but... I realize that's a really good love language and the more I do it, the better off it is for him and it's no skin off my nose to say something nice. Like just do those things. It's, it puts you in a really good spot. Like why wouldn't you do that for your partner? Yeah, words of affirmation. There's something about seeing and recognizing someone's effort that I think goes so far in just perpetuating the fact that there's value in that and allows them to want to continue doing it, right? Because you've given them positive feedback. And so I think... I don't know. I just think that the, the power is real. And the fact that Mike is kind of using this as like a weapon. <laughs> yeah, to weaponize that. <laughs> Maybe not that knowingly is... so, but she's definitely like making these men work for it. I don't know. And yeah, it's really hard to tell people's intentions, but also watching her not be a very kind person does make me wonder like if she's aware of her manipulation skills or not. She might not know the root of them. She might know that she's doing it. She's probably got, like, in her mind, a valid reason for it, but it doesn't make it okay. Yeah, she seems calculated enough that I think she knows what she's doing. Yeah, sending Irina over to listen in to Amber crying and then both of them laughing about it. Ew. Gross. Really hated that. Um, I don't know. I think Kwame dodged a bullet. Yeah. To be honest. He did. And Even though he was heartbroken. Yeah. Amber, I don't know, TBD on Paul. I don't, I, I had high opinions of Paul, but now that we're here, I'm just like, are you fucking dumb? <laughs> Paul's kind of my type, just like looks and personality wise. Uh, so it was like rough seeing him pick Micah. I wanted Paul to be better, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Kind of transitioning into Kwame and Chelsea, it was like overall, I think I really like Kwame. Um, but it was a little bit weird that he went from like ready to propose to Micah, devastated that she dumped him, having a really hard time to like, whoo, whiplash. Chelsea was the best date I ever went on, and I'm so excited, and da da da, I'm in love, and da da da, and just was like pumped all of a sudden. And I was like, I. I can't decide if that's like... That's a red flag for me. It's a red flag for me too. And I was trying to like mental gymnastics around it. And I'm just like, I, I don't know if I can. Like this just doesn't quite feel like a good idea. Like this isn't, this isn't working for me. He's... So this, is, this has happened on The Bachelor a few times where I think that the leads uh, pick some, for some reason doesn't play out. And then they sometimes propose to the obvious plan B, which is so hard to watch. Um, I think the best example of that was Katie Thurston after Greg self-eliminated and then suddenly out of nowhere, she was in love with Blake. Actually, there's two way worse. Are there? Yeah. Oh, tell me. And, I'll, and I w oh, oh, you can't tell me because I have to go watch okay. them. 
Well, I will say that one of them is still married to their person. Plan A? Yeah. No. Plan B. Oh, okay. Oh, so. So, I mean, I just, I don't want to say that it can't work out, but I'm saying the majority of the time it doesn't and it's really obvious and it's cringy to watch. Yeah. Cut your losses and go home. Yeah. And that's kind of what I thought about the. That I like Chelsea. Like, I am team Chelsea. I think she is so weird and so fun and just, like, I adore her. She is amazing. Yeah. I think she's also very real. Seems like she has, like, a lot of self-awareness. She's got a cool job. She's a pediatric speech pathologist. Yeah. She's got a lot going for her. Yeah. Uh, but I think that it was so obvious that Kwame was so wrecked over the Micah thing that I kind of wanted him to just recognize that, realize that maybe his person's not here. And I don't know. I just felt like the transition was so fast. And I don't think it was really fair to Chelsea either. She knew that too. She, it was hard. I give them both props for having that conversation as well as they did. Because I think when somebody's, when Chelsea was hurt, I think Kwame did receive that and handle it well and wasn't defensive. And it did sound like he was validating Chelsea or she got the validation she needed. Obviously, she said yes. So props to them for like being able to navigate a hard conversation. Um, and she was like way into his song. He can't play the guitar. No, he can't. Like he wasn't even doing chords. He was playing like, I guess they were partial chords, but they didn't even sound good together. No. And I can't play the guitar, but I'm just saying, if you pull out a guitar to serenade someone, you better fucking know how to play it. Yeah. Like, what? That's a deal breaker. If he, he had, had done good- that, I would have just been out of there. I'd just been like, I would have just French goodbye it. Just he walked out. He had a good voice. He could have just sang. Yeah, and sang any song rather than... All that's coming into my head is you singing Right Reasons, Right Reasons, and I know <laughs> that's not what he sang. It was like... The real Be thing. Be real? Oh, the real thing. Isn't that? Yeah. I, I, yeah, something like that. The one note I didn't take, but. And she loved it. I love how emotive she is. That She's just like, mm, oh, yeah. And like going for it. And I'm just like, oh, you are expressive. I am uncomfortable, but also She is you validating go that girl. man. Yeah. <laughs> and when they met, like face to face, she was like, burying her face in his neck and yeah. like really into him and he he seems into her though like I, I I don't know how you can't be I think she's very beautiful she's yeah and she's she's clearly got a I feel like she's got a strong sense of self like she's she's confident she's beautiful she's so smart like so yeah I think I think Kwame's not like sad with his decision but also uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens in Mexico. I feel like that's when shit hits the fan. Right. This is where season two was kind of juicy because there were multiples of like yeah. people picking other people, but then everybody going to the same place and meeting. What if they took the proposal aspect out of it? So they just meet the person they pick mm-hmm. and then they go as a couple to Mexico but everyone's kind of in an open relationship. Like paradise. Yeah. So it's like they leave with somebody and maybe there could be like an additional prize or something if they end up wanting to stay with the person they go to Mexico with to yeah. like give them some incentive to try to make it work. But everyone knows they're in an open relationship and they can like make moves go on, on somebody walk else. on a beach with someone else that they liked in the pod or I don't know. No, I love that. I think that could be really fun. Because it is, I mean, like, let's be real. The reason they all go to Mexico together is to, like, wave it in oh, everybody's yeah. face. They're definitely that, like, creating some drama. Yeah. So let's let's lean into the drama. Let's just do this. I mean, the, the, the premise of the show is already so absurd. So let's just, like, really gamify it and go for it. I think you would make it a little less cringy, though. It would because there's an element where suddenly you're like, okay. Well, actually, you know what? To be fair, I don't, maybe there is a prize at the end. Is there? I have no idea. I have no idea. The problem is, is Mandy and I decided to do this a little late. And so now we can't Google anything because it'll be spoiled for us. And we're trying to just give you like reactions that we have had to the show as we're watching it. Not as like so unspoiled. We have not been spoiled. Yeah. So nobody email us spoilers. 
But that also means we're not as well researched in some things as maybe we should be. So we apologize if there are <laughs> gamified versions of this. You just go ahead and tell I us. I think that it. they just get married at the end. Yeah. But then there's something weird with the weddings too. Oh, yeah. You're right. I don't know. Guess we'll find out. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we've never made it through. I think I've made it through like every season that I have watched, like eight, maybe nine episodes. And then when I went back through and looked, I was like, oh, I never finished a single season of this. So I have no idea. <laughs> well, it's interesting that we both did that independently of each other. I agree. Because even like we were just talking about this before we went on air. Like, even when we're not happy with the direction The Bachelor is going, there is nothing on this earth that is going to stop me from finishing a season of The Bachelor. Yeah. Same. And like, I even have to wait weeks for it. I, it gets drawn out. I'm annoyed by it. Love is Blind is almost always like every time I've gone to watch it, it's all there. Yeah. I have it's no bingeable. reason. Yeah. I have no reason not to watch it. And I just don't finish. So I don't know. We'll see how this all turns out in the You're end. You're going to finish this time. I'm actually a little more invested in some of these couples. Um, Did you have anything else on Kwame and Chelsea? No. Okay. This couple, Irina and Zach, blows my brains. I do not understand how this happened. Like, I will say there is a moment. Sorry, can I interrupt? Oh, please do. There was one part where I decided maybe they make sense as a couple. And it was when Zach was kind of calling Irina out and was saying, you're only tough to protect yourself from being hurt. Like you hurt other people so that you don't get hurt. And he was like, I know that you have a big heart and that you you come across like you have this outer shell and you're tough, but like really you're really sensitive and a lot of people don't see that side of you. And I know he just went off and I I think that what he was saying is true. Like I think that that is, I think he saw something in her that maybe a lot of people don't see because she puts off this very kind of, uh, I don't know, pokey outer layer where it's like, don't get close or I'll hurt you. Yeah. And he seemed to see right through it, even though he couldn't really see her. And I did think that was like the one beautiful moment where I just realized that maybe he sees something in her that we are not seeing because all we see is like the mean girl. And it his his um summary did kind of line up with the Irina that we were seeing, seeing and dealing with. Yeah, I. that's actually really generous of you. And I think a lot that's, I I buy what you're saying. And I didn't, I wasn't willing to give her that much grace. <laughs> well, I'm saying Zach was. I didn't say I was. But no, I'm but saying like, I think he made an accurate observation. Okay, that's fair. I didn't even think he was making an accurate observation because from my side, I'm kind of with bliss and just being like, I don't even know what I think of you if you can choose someone like Irina but I do get what you're saying. And I see how Bliss also wouldn't be privy to a lot of that because she doesn't get to see the conversations. Totally. She only gets the prickly mean girl Irina. And so for her, that probably would be really jarring. But now that I'm thinking about it, you are right. Because Irina was willing to like sit down and have that talk with Bliss. And they were both just sort of willing to put it aside. And Irina was really just like, yeah, sure. That's okay. And Even though, like, I mean, Irina was really weird to ask for, like, a candle. And yeah, that was rude. Yeah. Just like, Irina, girl. Just I am not team Irina. I'm just saying I think Irina has, like, some shit that she needs to figure out. And I do think that. Well, didn't she come over here from Russia when she was, like, three? Yeah. So, like, that's another huge thing to uproot from your home country. And, I mean, for probably not great reasons. I doubt that it was. Yeah. All by choice. So, I mean, that can lead to a lot of things. No, and I'm not saying that you're team Irina. I just think it's good to remember people on reality TV get cast one way and it can be really easy to just like give them the villain edit or let them come across that way and forget that like, no, they're people with stories and reasons. And that's also not always, if ever, an accurate reflection of who they are. And I think it's good of you to be able to call that out and see it. Um, just because like, I still don't agree with it, but I can also not be mean about it. And I think my gut reaction was just like, what the fuck is Zach doing? This is, I cannot believe he could choose Irina over Bliss. Well, we also know that Zach comes from a very uh, 
dysfunctional upbringing. Dude, he started telling that backstory and I was like, if he is kidding, I'm going to reach through that television and slap him. And then like, I realized he wasn't kidding and I was like, oh shit, yeah, this is a lot. And like, for him to then decide that he was going to go make all this money so that he could take care of himself and then to recognize that like, that's not like all his mom would have wanted for him was really powerful. But then I also think that maybe because of his upbringing, he there's a part of him that maybe is attracted to more of the dysfunction or is more or like wants to help Irina be, you know, the best version of herself or do you know what I mean? I feel like there's something there. I agree. I kind of got that take too. like that Zach and I'm not. I don't even know if that's like for better or worse. That can be a really good quality, but that can also get you into trouble because when you look for broken people, thinking that you're going to be able to help them. That's not the role you should play in a relationship. It's not. And it's not. Yeah. You don't get to choose to be the white knight and come in and do that. Like that's that's not really that's not a good foundation for any relationship. Uh, Still pretty wild to me, though. Yeah. And of course, that's the one that they leave us hanging on of like, yeah. are we going to see it or are like, uh. I know that Zach and Bliss were seeing very different Irenas. Yeah. And so in Bliss's defense, I would also be like, what the fuck? Really? I would do. How is this even a conversation? Yeah, I would be really floored by that too, especially Bliss was in her 30s. Like having this 25-year-old woman just be immature, mean, not taking things seriously, you know, gossiping mean girl in the corner all the time. Like, it would be really shocking to just be like, what on earth does he see in her? Like, how are we on the same level? And with all the women, Irina's probably on the defense. You know, she's immediately like, this is my competition, Mm -hmm. you know? So she's probably being the hardest, worst version of herself in that environment. And that is a hard environment to be in. Totally. That would be, that would be brutal. But yeah, I, I was equally shocked by that. I just, I don't know. I, poor Bliss. Bliss is obviously the safer choice. She is. And like, maybe Bliss also dodged a bullet though. Cause like, you don't want to be with somebody that's constantly looking for someone to fix. That's very true. Or feels like that's how they want things to be. That's not a good power dynamic. Like I would really worry about Irina feeling like she has agency or, you know, full decision-making capabilities in a relationship where somebody is kind of looking at you like you're rough around the edges, not in a good way. We can fix this. Right. I don't know. So that is actually the couple I am most excited to see how this all plays out. Oof. I don't know. Yeah, that's going to keep me going. Um, I'm here for that. Then we have Jackie and Marshall and Josh. I adore Marshall. Wow, that man is handsome. Yeah, we both agreed that he looks like Avery from Grey's Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he's got moves. He's suave. He is so smooth. He is. And I love one of the things that immediately kind of clicked with me, like comparing him to Brandon from Michelle's season of The Bachelorette. And Zach, no, not Zach, sorry. Nick Vial had made the funniest comment. It was probably the one time that I am in complete agreement with Nick. About Brandon being like such a yes man that if like Michelle were to ever express like that Brandon wasn't giving her enough attention, he would just like hurl his Xbox out the window. And it was such an accurate description. And I was dying because like you don't you don't want to be in a relationship with somebody who's really emotional, volatile in that way, even if it's like a good thing. It's like you need a person to be a person unto themselves, too. And I think. Marshall is like the mature version of what Brandon maybe eventually will be where like very in tune with his emotions, but is not going to be a doormat, knows his worth, but is like also going to be treating his partner like a queen. Yes. I think that's a great summary of Marshall. Yeah. And I just love that. And I feel like we don't get a lot of those types of men on TV. There's a lot of toxic masculinity. It's a lot of 
unable to be emotional. There's just all of these like different things. And like he seems like he's got his shit together. Man, there was that moment because we had only seen the softer, more vulnerable side of Marshall. And then when he found out about, well, he didn't know who it was, but that there was someone else in the house she was connecting with and watching him like well, and switch it- into that like, oh, shit. Well, and he was mad because basically we find out that it's Josh, but that Josh was like leveling sort of like not threats, but sort of just like threatening to leave if she wasn't going to pick him. Yeah. And that just like, yeah, sent Marshall off. And like he's, I'll pack his bags. Yeah. Oh, like I was like, oh, damn. Like, it, And, you know, there he didn't end up threatening Josh or anything. So I'm just saying. It's attractive when a man can be in tune with his emotions, but also, you know, step up and want to fight for what he believes in. Yeah. And like in a way where he's not like, I'm going to go beat him up. It's just like, yeah, I'll pack his bags. He can leave. He can go. And the interaction between him and Josh, maybe there was more there that they didn't show us, but I felt like it was a tense conversation between, between two men who handled it pretty well. Yeah. I was a little nervous that that was going to go down the way, like, differently. But, yeah, I think everybody handled that well. And Marshall got to speak his piece and yeah, pretty hot. Yeah. Oh, my. Okay. I also really like Jackie. I do, too. She's she's a little spacey and crazy, but I love her. She's so funny. She's the big dog. And gorgeous. She is breathtaking. Yeah. And they, they make a beautiful couple. Oh, yeah. Oh. They're babies. I know. I really, 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 really am pulling for them too. Like, I I think, I do worry a little bit though because she seems to recognize that like, Marshall isn't typically who she goes for. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've talked about this before a little bit. I don't know how much on the podcast, but like how it is weird. It's always a little bit of a red flag, I guess, when people continually go for the same type of person if it's not working but then there is a level of like, but you do like what you like and you've got to find somebody that falls. Maybe it's a fine line. Yeah, and it very well could be a fine line, but I still think you've got to find somebody within that like that window of tolerance that you, that still like fits most of your things. And I don't know if that's Marshall for her. That's fair. But I want it to be. I know. And I do think it's interesting that Paul and Zach ended up picking the women are going to just be more work, right? Like they're going to have to earn that affection, earn that validation. Yeah, it's that whole, there's a reason that play hard to get is something that's like terrible dating advice. And yet it does work, but temporarily and it's not good advice. Yeah, and I feel like Jackie kind of did the opposite and she went with the man who was being more vulnerable and more emotionally available. So I I just wanted to call that out because that was... I, I just found that interesting. I think that's really interesting. And it'll be, I think, really interesting to see who who works out. If it like, it. yeah, because I, I do think you're right. I think it is a fine line. And, you know, I think that there's, I don't know. I'm just genuinely curious to see how this goes. I would love for Jackie and Marshall to work because I think women so often believe that a man being emotional is like a form of weakness. Or if you're into guys who are really masculine or like, Talk is toxic masculinity is more what I mean. It's fine to be masculine and, you know, whatever. But, like, emotionally unavailable, you know, not as – not Marshall. It'll be interesting to see if that's something that vibes with her, if she can if she can settle into feeling comfortable and feels like she's getting something out of it, too. I have a feeling with Jackie, it either has to be right or – or it's wrong. Like, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of gray area. Yeah. Because she's just as, seems like she has a little bit of an extreme personality. I agree. She is. <laughs> she is she's, a she's spit fire. cracker. Yeah. <laughs> spit cracker. Spitfire. Firecracker. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. That's another really fascinating one to me. And I think that's what's cool about this show is to watch the decisions people make. But also... It is weird, the premise of picking somebody this way, because you grow with people, too, when you're, like, dating and doing things, and they're sort of doing this all reverse. And, like, I don't know if growing after deciding to get married works as well. Yeah. You know, like. Because there is a sense of, like, being trapped. 
Yeah. Like it's not as open-ended. And I guess none of these people have to get married. But to walk out, see each other, get engaged, there's kind of a pressure and finality to that that is, I think, making everything more high stakes and therefore making all of the interactions more charged, more loaded, you know, like, right. is this per- is this the person that I want to marry in two weeks? Yeah. Instead of being able to navigate those and give people like the benefit of the doubt and grace, it's like, no, you have to figure this out now. Yeah. You either check all the boxes or get the fuck out of here kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I also, it's so funny. I think in both shows, both The Bachelor and this, engagement really is the problem. I I wish that marriage wasn't something that was pushed so heavily, especially in this heteronormative way. Like, I think there are a lot of ways to be in committed relationships and to show your partner that you care about them and that you love them and that you want a life with them without having to provide a diamond ring and do the weird thing of putting on a wedding dress and getting married, you know, like, it just feels like there's a lot of pressure there. You're you're bringing the law into it and you get tax incentives. I mean, that's cool, I guess. But like, I don't know, marriage just more and more, the older I get, feels a lot more antiquated and not necessarily something that needs to happen for there to be like an amazing love story. Yeah, and I think it's also saying the most successful relationships are people who are married. And I don't think that's fair. It's also not true. Yeah, it's... You know, like me and my partner have been dating for nine years and we aren't married. And and maybe someday we will, someday we won't. But I think it's this idea of people on this show are only successful if they are engaged or if they're married. And if that was more open-ended, it'd be interested to, interesting to know if more of these couples stayed together. Yeah, I agree. Completely. I think marriage really boxes people in in a way that you do feel trapped and like that's not a good feeling. And I think that a lot of times goes back to like toxic monogamy is you're hearing about it more of just like we've got these weird rules of like how relationships should work and we should be a lot more flexible in our relationships and having less rigidity is likely to lead to everybody being a little happier and feeling a lot more comfortable. So I don't know. Maybe we can do away with engagements. But then I guess it doesn't give us something to like look forward to. But people are creative. They could come up with something else. Yeah. I think these shows should get more creative. Yeah. We don't have to fix this. They have to <laughs> fix it. They want us to watch. You figure it out. Not my problem to solve. Um, Who do we think is going to make it and who do we think won't make it? Uh, Brett and Tiffany is my only home run for right now. Same. They're the only people that I am like. If they didn't make it, I'd be so surprised. Love is dead. (laughs) I'm kidding. After saying that you don't have to get married. (laughs) But like, yeah, I think they they genuinely seem to have. it can be, you know. Yeah, they don't have to. They don't have to be married. But like, I would hope that they are still a couple and, you know, give it a go because they do seem like they genuinely really fit together and have yeah. a lot of values Just aligned. Just their in. energy together, like it feels so good. It feels intimate. Yeah, like they 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 feel comfortable together. Relaxed, yeah. calm. They feel like they're being genuine. They're talking about the really hard things. They feel good. They're both being really responsive to one another, you know. They already worked through a fight. And they were both so good about that. I still just want to reiterate that she apologized, was really apologetic, and he did not hold that over her. I love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, Part of me does, is like really rooting for Jackie and Marshall. Like, yes. But I, I just don't know. I think that that's still a little bit of a wild card that I don't know. We'll see. I would say the same. Rooting for them, but also have no expectations. Chelsea and Kwame do seem into each other, but like, no way. I I hesitate with her being his plan B. That's a really good point. And what happens when he meets Micah? Oh, my God. Hopefully, Micah's personality starts really shining through to people and that they like all kind of collectively pick up on this. But guys sometimes overlook problems that like women have with other women. Also, when it's the pretty girl that got away. Yeah. Mike is not that pretty. Well. I know. She's a specific type of pretty. She is a specific type. That's, yeah. And I think to a lot of, I think to a lot of men, she is very pretty. That's fair. 
yeah, I'm not her market. So <laughs> I'm not necessarily saying Kwame is either. I don't know how he's going to react. I don't know. That's but a- I'm just saying, you know, the one that got away and then she ends up being conventionally attractive. Yeah, I could see that being kind of rough. Um, <laughs> Paul and Micah, no fucking way. No way. Zach and Irina. Can we just maybe confess that we both okay, watched? We watched the first, first part of the fourth episode. <laughs> they ended it like there was no way I could not know how that went. I came over and I asked Jess how much she had watched, and she's like, oh, "I'm like 20 minutes into the fourth episode." And I said, "Me too," because I had to see what happened. Oh my god! And like how awkward. <laughs> Everybody was. Zach was not blinking. Irina, I on I love that Zach was like, there's gonna be so much chemistry. I thought I, I thought Irina looked stunning, by the way, walking out. Like she I did. loved her dress. Yeah. I thought she looked gorgeous. And then they meet. And I honestly, like, I did not think that she wouldn't be into him, but she is not into him. And I, I think Zach's. I think Zach's handsome. I do too. I was telling you this off the podcast earlier, but like he kind of reminds me of my ex in like a just in a, like not attractive, but when you get to know them, there's a lot like it really elevates their their looks and a lot of things. And I think Zach is that. He's 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 clearly incredibly intelligent. Like I think he's got a big heart. There's a lot of good going for him. But it's one of those awkward things where if you're not aware of what somebody looks like, this is where that show starts to fall apart. I really am not convinced that love is blind. And I just don't think he's Irina's type. And not even because of physical appearance. I think you called this out. Like a little bit of social awkwardness. Yes. And like that can be. But I think they're both socially awkward. Oh, I agree. Like Irina, again, asking for that candle. I don't think that she really had any ill intentions asking for that candle but at the same time like that's just not the move like that was a really stupid thing to do and I think equally Zach singing that song was a really stupid thing to do so with both the candle and the way that she was handling the awkwardness meeting Zach it's pretty obvious to me that she doesn't really care if she makes people feel uncomfortable yeah. Whereas like if I noticed I was making someone feel uncomfortable, I would immediately adjust my body language or tone to accommodate them to make it less awkward. Right. And because she's just going to sit there and be like, you're being creepy. And she's just like, oh, my God, why don't you blink more? Oh, my God. You look like a cartoon character. Like she was making it so much more awkward. And so he couldn't like maybe, you know, maybe he is a little socially awkward and he needs someone to kind of massage that like yeah, help like him. make it less awkward so he can be a little bit more relaxed in himself and she was heightening everything yeah and I couldn't tell what he was doing either though because he just sat there staring at her and With, I like an awkward smile. smile yeah and just like what is happening here so then he gives her a ring which was a beautiful ring beautiful and then he asks for a kiss she's like no way and I was like wait what you accept a fucking engagement ring from this man. And then when he asks if he can kiss you, you say, I'm a little overwhelmed. Not right now. Which I mean, like that is a valid emotion. But also maybe just like don't accept the ring. Like, can like, we talk about yeah, this? Can we just like, I don't know if the show will let them know. I think oh, really? you have to accept the ring. You have to be engaged in order to go to Mexico. So oh, again, that's icky. It is icky. And it also is so clear. Like, and this is part of it. Like, Love is blind. It's not even so much that like physical attraction has to be there. There's also just energy that two people share when they're orbiting each other and you either mesh or you don't. Yes. And like physical chemistry. chemistry. And it's not just about sex. Or yeah. Physical chemistry. Physical chemistry. And like some people just don't have it and they don't have it. And it's not because either one of them are like unattractive. It's just because like yeah, they just, they're lacking that chemistry completely. That is something that I struggle with with the pods is when they're talking about a lot of these, you know, intimate, deeper experiences. You're able to glean so much knowledge about someone just in their body language of how they are receiving what you're talking about. Yes. Are they attentive? Are they paying attention? Are they leaning forward? Are they on their phone? Are they making eye contact? Like there's all of these, these physical cues 
And when you don't know how somebody's receiving that, like I would be so pissed if I were like spilling my guts out and somebody's like laying on the couch looking at the ceiling. Yeah. But you don't know. You have that no idea. Yeah, that matters. And so like that's a big part of like, I think why I have a hard time buying into this show too, is it's not even just like physically like attractive you yeah. know, it's it's there's so many other small things yeah, about what is individuals. Their energy. Do they make you feel safe? Do they make you feel valued or wanted? Also, smell, smell, pheromones. Well, and I don't know. I yeah, I don't even know what that is. But some people just. Ugh, sorry, I'm just I can't get past. No, that's a thing. And it's weird. And you know, you got to be into your partner and the way they smell, even at their worst. Yeah. Because you're gonna smell them at their worst a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, yeah. Brett and Tiffany. Um, We're going to do our drama rating and then we're going to do the candy review we forgot to do at the beginning <laughs> okay. of the episode. So what would what would you rate this on our drama scale? Um, I'm going to give it a six. That's where I'm at with it. Like it's not. I almost said seven, but then I was like, uh, nothing. Nobody seemed like. Maybe if Kwame hadn't bounced back. Maybe. And he had decided to go home. Yeah. But like the emotional devastation seems low, which is good. Like not yeah, saying we want. Yeah, it's just been mostly like cringy moments. It's very cringy. Ugh. And then some bad, like some mean girl shit. Yeah. But like none of that was particularly dramatic. No. But it is still up there. Like it's definitely. There was I, some stuff. I, w- I am invested. I will be watching. I, when we first saw Irina and Micah being kind of mean, I I truly thought it was just a one-time thing. Yeah. It was like, oh, interesting take. And then when they were just perpetually meaner and meaner, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. You're you're just mean girls. Yeah, it's not a good look. Don't don't be the mean girls. Especially when they're like teaming up. Yeah, don't, don't ever bond with somebody over being mean to other people. Oh, so mean. I've made this mistake. It ended horribly. Lessons have been learned. Like, no good will come of it. That's just not the way you form friendships. It's really not. And I hope both of them watch this back and learn that. Oof. But. Me too. Yeah. So six. Six. That's what we're giving it. I guess on the one hand, we didn't give Zach very many sixes. So. We're already doing better. <laughs> we're already, we already have more drama in our lives. Yeah. Um, You brought over these Mike and Ike. Oh, mixed. I can't even read from here, but they're sour, sour Mike and Ike's. And as we've discussed, I'm not a huge fan of sour. However, and weirdly, Mandy and I both don't really love Mike and Ike's, but these are really good. So if you find a box and you're into sour, these are it. Mike and Ike mega mix. Mega mix. I I couldn't read the word that blue marketing. Kind of a lot of words. A lot of color. Um, so 10 flavors. 10 flavors is what's the most impressive to me. Though annoyingly, we only got one orange. So we had to split that. And we only got two purples. Yeah. So it was a little disappointing that there are so many flavors and some of them were incredibly limited. (laughs) Uh, but it's fun to have so many flavors. And the reason I like these in comparison to normal Mike and Ike's is I think that there's more flavor even if they are sour, I just feel like the flavor's more concentrated. Actually, yeah. I I was really we tried all ten flavors and every one of them tasted like I like tasted like it said it was gonna taste and was really enjoyable to eat. It's the right level of sour and sweet. I feel like it finally plays down on its sweet. It like it starts sour and mellows out a little bit, but they were really good. If Jess likes them and she doesn't love sour candy, might be worth checking out. Yeah, I was drooling a little bit and like having a hard time keeping my face neutral, but. (laughs) I think that the grape and the apple were my two favorite flavors. I think the green apple is definitely mine. That was really, really good. So thanks for bringing those to share. Yeah. Thanks for reviewing Love is Blind with me. You guys, we're doing it. We're going to take a break. Next week, so we've got a fun episode for me, for you on things we love. Just random things. Yeah, and then we'll be back because it's hard to watch a bunch of shows all at once and then compile your notes. And Yeah. So we're going to give ourselves a week to uh, 
get our shit together. And uh, we'll be back with episodes at least four through six. Yes. And, but before that, we'll be back next week with what we love. Yeah. We hope you enjoy it. And please give us some feedback on if you are enjoying us recapping Love is Blind so that we know if we should do more of it in the future. Yeah. We always want to hear from you guys. Good, bad. We'll take it. We're just excited to have engagement. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP, Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Special thanks to everybody who's listening, posting, and emailing us. We love it. Keep talking. Bye.